Welcome friends and colleagues. Today will be the first part of a two-part series on day and night. The first day is said to begin like this, and God separated between day and darkness, I'm sorry, between light and darkness, and he called light day, and darkness he called night, and there was evening and there was morning, day one. So day one appears to be day one and not first day, as it says about the second day, third day, fourth day, and so forth, simply because to have uh, ordinal numbers, you need a series, you need a sequence of numbers. So you cannot say first day when there was nothing before it. You can see Rashi for, for that argument. But what is confusing is the evening and the morning. What would have been lost if it simply said light and darkness Day one. Evening is usually thought to begin slightly before darkness, at the twilight period. And morning is the twilight period when the night transitions into day. <clears throat> so what exactly is this evening? And when did it begin? Remember, we're talking about creation. At zero seconds, there was nothing. So in what way did uh, light transition into day, uh, I'm sorry, light transition into darkness to create an evening so that the night can begin and the day can follow and then it will be day one. I think the problem can be solved by using the methodology of what it tells and not what it says. And in fact, after much investigation, I think that this is the approach, actually, of the Rashbam, a standard commentator on the Torah. But, we will speak about him a bit later, but there's just not enough time to make this argument. So I will propose it right now, keep it in mind, and come back next time for more. I would propose now that the entire purpose of the creation story in this chapter 1 is to present to us the Sabbath day, Shabbat. And therefore it sets it up as evening and morning because that's how the seventh day functions. There is an evening, it starts in the evening as it transitions from light into darkness and it ends 24, maybe 25 hours later when it transitions from light again into the darkness of the first day of Sunday. Let's first think about what the word day means. Now, in many languages, including English, <coughs> it has a double meaning. Daylight hours and the date, a 24-hour period consistent of day and night. For example, in English you can say it's three days since Sunday. Let's say Sunday. That means three 24-hour periods have passed. 
But when you greet somebody good day, you're talking only about the daylight hours. You don't say that at night, right? It's the same in many other languages, that, uh, at least of the ones I know, German, Russian, Spanish, Latin. Interestingly, it's not so in Aramaic. In Aramaic, morning is Tzafra, and evening is Ramsha or Panya, depending on the, uh, which dialect of Aramaic. So, it is also interesting that evening and morning are words which are highly conserved from language to language. That in itself tells us how important this twilight period is in the consciousness of humanity. For, uh, sometimes the morning poker is reversed and means evening. For example, in Lithuanian, evening is vakaras. Something like Boker of the of the Hebrew. Sometimes you preserve two sounds. In Latin, Erev is pronounced as Vesper. So basically, you reverse the V and the R sounds, which is very common in transition between languages. Or in Russian, it's evening is Vecher. Again, you have the V and the R of Erev, but reversed. So I think this shows that you cannot speak about day and night without thinking of evening and morning, because that is just human experience living on this planet Earth. But let's go beyond that. The problem with there being an evening and the morning day one is that there was nothing before day one. There was creation. There was a day, you could say, minus one. Then there was creation, and there was day plus one. Where does the evening before the first day occur? So this is uh, an issue that was discussed by classic Jewish commentators. The Kuzari 2.20 suggests that there was a short twilight period that was created prior to the night and that day one, uh, sort of like the sun picked out went down, and then day one started with the night. Uh, you can see the discussion that Barbanel, where he discusses uh, uh, this issue. He suggests that the word air of evening refers to the primordial darkness. There was primordial darkness prior to the creation of the light. Light was created, and now there was day one. Ibn Ezra suggests that Erev, evening, means nothing but night. It's called Erev because in Hebrew a mixture uh, is, is uh, expressed by this root. For example, one of the ten plagues was Arov, mixtures of animals that attacked the Egyptians. So, Erev does not mean evening, it means night. The Ibn Ezra discusses also the Christian interpretations, uh, where the day begins with the evening and, I'm sorry, begins with the morning. So, you have morning, day, evening, night. That's how the day starts. And uh, he basically rejects it because he says that, in effect, you're transposing 
what used to be called day is now called night, and what used to be called night is now called day. You can see the discussion there. There are many places in, in the Torah, in the Bible, actually, in the entire Tanakh, where it's implied that the day starts at night. There are also a number of places what, which imply that the day starts in the morning. Let's discuss a few of them. This is not going to be an exhaustive discussion. Uh, I would start by pointing out that in the sacrificial context, the day starts in the morning. And that's not difficult to understand because you begin your real first working day. So do the priests in the temple begin their working day in the morning. In some other passages, it's the night that begins the 24-hour period that we call day. One of the verses which clearly indicate that the day starts at night is by Yom Kippur, where it says that your refraining from eating and drinking and working is from evening to evening. Passover, the whole uh, schedule is uh, laid out uh, and the, quote, first day, which is understood to mean preceding day, you remove the leavened from your house, you slaughter the Pesach sacrifice in the afternoon and you eat it at night. So specifically, you eat it Erev. By Erev Tachlu Matzos, you should eat the Matzos in the evening. So uh, in that sacrificial order, um, you bring it during the day towards the evening and you eat it in the evening and by next morning it's supposed to be discarded in one way or another. Esther asks that the Jewish people should fast for three days, night and day. Here you see that the 24-hour period called day starts at night. Nehemiah, Nehemiah 13.19, the gates are shut in the evening to begin the Sabbath day. Uh, many of the sources, are particularly ones that were proposed by Jacob Milgram, uh, a uh, well-known commentator and the author of the Leviticus commentary in the Anchor Bible series, recently passed away, was a great scholar. Uh, but um, a lot of his sources are gathered by in an article by Amanda McGuire, uh, published in Andrew University Seminary Studies, 46, Volume 2, page 201214, 201214, in 2008. <clears throat> okay, now I want to take a little bit of a tangent to discuss whether there are any Jewish commentators that actually believe that the day starts in the morning. See, we don't really have that problem. It was pretty clear in Europe, at least, that the day started in the morning, that's when you got up, that's when you started going about your tasks. With industrialization, people started going to sleep later and later and later. So it was decided that the day would begin at midnight, 
because that would have the least impact. Almost everybody will be sleeping and you'll begin, you'll, you'll wake up that next morning and will be already the particular date started at midnight and it will be very easy to get into things that way. But the Jewish calendar presupposes that the day, 24-hour period day, begins at night. That's how the holidays work. And the most important thing, that's how the Shabbos, the Sabbath, works. There is an interesting um, work by Abraham Ibn Ezra, classic commentator, poet, astrologer, grammarian, an interesting person, fascinating person, who spent his life basically traveling from place to place, supported by magnates. Uh, at that time, uh, learning was supported by wealthy people who would have a few poets, grammarians, musicians, etc., in their court. The system continued until pretty much modern times. And he would travel, he would teach their children, he would teach others, he would write commentaries, uh, and he was all around Europe, including England, and even as far as India, as he writes in his commentary and the explanation of uh, the ship of uh, Passover. So he wrote this interesting, fascinating book. It's been translated several times into English. It could be found on sefaria.org, S-E-F-A-R-A-I-A, which is a website that uh, gives access to many, many classic Jewish works with English translation. But it's also available as the, the Sabbath epistle of Rabbi Abraham Ibn Ezra, translated and annotated by Mordechai S. Goodman. So on 14th of Tevis, in the year 1159, after Sabbath dinner, Ibn Ezra fell asleep and a man appeared to him in his dream, bringing a letter from Sabbath the Queen. In that letter, uh, she complained that a student of his has written that the day begins in the morning and that we should start the Sabbath in the morning, not at night, as has been done for thousands of years. Ibn Ezra was so upset that he tore up this epistle so that such a view should not even be expressed, and he wrote later his own work, arguing that the day starts at night, and the Sabbath day also starts at night. We're not exactly sure who the student of his was, but there is an issue about the commentary of the Rashbam. So you remember I started the lecture by saying that my second part, next week, God willing, will be focusing on an explanation of the Rashbam, and I would say now on the true explanation of the Rashbam, which will show, according to the method of what it tells, not what it says, that the whole intent of uh, our first chapter of Genesis is to tell us that uh, the day starts in the evening because the Sabbath starts in the evening. So we'll get to that next week. But 
the Rashbam uh, wrote a commentary which is very popular nowadays, but for many centuries was not particularly well known. The only surviving manuscript was thought to be one that was originally in Moses Mendelssohn's library. Moses Mendelssohn was the father of Jewish Enlightenment and uh, was lost during the Holocaust. And there is a piece of his commentary on our verse that is not particularly clear, but has often been interpreted to mean that the day begins in the morning. When the Art School, Art School published its Kruskar edition, Hebrew Humish Mikrais Gedolus, this passage is missing. The truth is that in the preserved manuscript of Men- Moses Mendelssohn, uh, there are many missing parts, including the commentary to verses 1 to 17, as well as uh, at the end and uh, in uh, numbers uh, what we call Parshish Pinchas. However, Art Scroll was criticized for not putting this commentary. That Rashbam holds this view is also assumed by Martin Lakshin and his two-volume edition of Choref uh, Pirush Rashbam ala Torah, Rashbam's commentary to the Torah. However, it is not at all clear that that's what the Rashbam held. In fact, it is possible to reconstruct another version and the verses that are missing. And this was done by Hillel Novetsky in his amazing alhatorah.org website. Now what that does on every verse of uh, Tanakh, it presents a number of commentators, five, six, something like that, depending on the verse, with English translation. There's much more on the website. There are interesting little uh, corners, nooks and crannies. Uh, for example, it is uh, you can find there uh, interpretation of famous artists and their biblical scenes with a commentary. Very interesting site. Um, I was actually at Hilnovetsky's wedding more than 30 years ago because I worked for his father. Uh, what he does is based on two other manuscripts that have been since located and on citation of Rashbam in a like-minded commentators such as Kiskuni and Bechor Shor. Um, he reconstructs it in a completely different way, uh, in such a way that it is uh, clear that the Rashbam does hold that the day begins at night uh, in concordance with the usual uh, rabbinic and uh, historical Jewish view. I'll read his reconstructed version on the verse, and it was evening and it was morning, 
sixth day. He says, I'm translating, then the sixth day ended and the rest began on Sabbath in the evening when the work ended. As it says, remember the Sabbath day to make it holy. Therefore it is written six in the sixth, which is not written on the other five days. Okay, we'll take this passage apart next time. But um, my interpretation of it is first, the Rashbam does not hold that the day begins in the morning and that the Sabbath begins in the morning, but he says clearly in this reconstructed version that it starts at night. Second, he views the entire first chapter, the entire narrative, the entire presentation of creation as focused on the Sabbath, and specifically on this point, that the Sabbath begins in the evening. We will come back to this, God willing, next week, and thank you for listening. May you have only blessings.